Welcome to the Monkey House. It's me here in the year 2024. And I'm about to be in Sydney and Brisbane. Sydney from the 8th to the 12th of May. Brisbane from the 16th to the 19th of May doing my show, Drier Drier, at the respective comedy festivals in those cities. But I'm also, uh, while I'm up there, I figured I had a couple of days to kill. So I'm doing a Who Knew It With Matt Stewart on Monday the 13th of May at the Chippendale Hotel and in Brisbane at Good Chat Comedy on the 14th of May. And you can get tickets for all of that. Now, go to mattstewartcomedy.com for the links. mattstewartcomedy.com. Now, on with the show. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Welcome to Primates Podcast, the podcast where we go through primates in popular culture from Chimpan A all the way down to Chimpan Z. This week I'm joined by two very special guests, Alexi Toliopoulos from maybe my favourite podcast, Mike Check. Hello, thank you so much for having me. What a pleasure to have you in. Well, the pleasure is all mine, and perhaps I'll share a little with you guys as well. <laughs> <laughs> We're also joined by Dave Warnicky, who is my co-host on another podcast called Do Go On. Welcome, David. Hello, my pleasure levels are also at 100%. <laughs> um, sometimes people have asked me, why are you doing a podcast about primates in popular culture? Uh-huh. And I'm like, you know what? I love primates, you know, number one. Number That's a great answer. <laughs> I love yeah. this, this bullet point here. Yeah. Num- number two is Mike Check, the podcast, really opened up my mind to what is possible mm. in the world of podcasts. So Mike Check, if you don't, are not familiar with it, it's a podcast that me and my friend Cameron James host and created as well. <laughs> wow. Yeah, we created you it. You mean some hotshot producer didn't call you up and say, hey, we've got an idea. We weren't headhunted for it. This was an idea from our own hearts and loins. And the idea is we go through the entire filmography of the lovely comedian Mike Myers, best known for playing Austin Powers and Shrek and other characters, uh, just to check if his movies are still shagadelic. <laughs> and um, yeah, we uh, it was just basically us uh, lit- talking about our hero for many, many episodes. And uh, I remember when you started this podcast, you sent me an email <laughs> saying, is this too similar to Mike? Should I go, no. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. If you think that's similar, how many other podcasts did you have to email? Oh, yeah. like, I just want to check on my several any toes. Well, it's the only one that I'm directly influenced <laughs> <Yeah>. by. <laughs> It's like, uh, well, I guess, I mean, Austin Powers is hairy like a monkey man, but he is not himself a primate. So, any, like, if it was another podcast, it would be total coincidence. This one, I'm like, I was running and I was thinking, wow, what is this podcast that I want to start? And I was listening to my check <laughs> and I was thinking about the rebooted Planet of the Apes. And I'm like, hang on. Yeah. What if we brought those two beautiful beasts those together? Two concepts together. I, I have a. Planet of the Apes is probably my favorite film franchise ever. Wow. 
And I watched the Planet of the Apes directed by Tim Burton maybe every two years with the intent that I'm going to love it this time <laughs> because it looks incredible. The apes look out of fucking control. They look amazing and so beautiful. And every time I'm so excited to watch it and I hate it from the first second <laughs> oh. to the last second. I hate it every time. That is... I mean, that's a sad story. <laughs> it's a real sad tale. <laughs> Do you have a favourite primate, Alexi? Um... Number one primate uh, as called. I keep saying primate like the Pokemon primate, but I can't help it. I can't help him in a long time. (laughs) He's one of the greats. Definitely one of the great apes of popular culture. (laughs) What was it? He evolved from Mankey. Mankey primate, and then probably Gorildo or something (laughs) like that. I don't know if they do a further evolution. Gorildo is way too close to Dildo. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, but I, I would say the bonobos Because as you know I'm a connoisseur of all things horny Bonobos <laughs> are some of the most uh, Sexually charged beasts in the animal kingdom So I'm interested in bonobos That's a great choice That is a beautiful choice Dave, I don't know Did I ask you this last time you were on? Yeah, we, we talked about it I, said, I think I said lemurs I really like lemurs oh, I lemurs, love yeah. lemurs But I also really like uh, sloths oh, Tell me gosh. they're in the primate world Tell me I they have they to are. be. They're yeah, so yeah. They humanistic. Sloths are in. They're amazing. I mean, it's the only animal that's also a sin. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that crazy? I know yeah. that was weird. Is that, that true? What are they? Well, of course, there's a gluttonous turtle. You've got to watch out for that bastard. He'll gobble you up whole, so oh, watch out. Here he comes. Luckily, he's super slow. <laughs> lion. Pride. Yeah. Oh, pride. A, a group lion of pride. Lions. Pride yeah. of lions. Where yeah. were you going, Matt? Yeah. Look, worse than that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, hang on. According to... Wait, I mean, the first thing that comes up here... I, I said yes, and I'm like, I'll, I'll figure it out later. Is this pr- <laughs> where the sloths are? It primates. says I, I googled sloth primate. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. Um, and the first thing that comes up... They are in, working in on a Bing, hybrids. <laughs> my computer is out of control. It is... It is it You've goes, got a Dell that goes default to Bing? It goes default oh, to Bing. Oh, no, it's a, it's, You go straight to Bing, type in the word Google, and, it, <laughs> and then go to Google. Is that what you do? Yeah. I love watching people do that. It's like a two-step process. Hang on. Yeah. I'll handle this. That's really unfortunate. This so the most Bing search is Google. My uh, my yeah. my smart TV is default Bing, and I, you better believe I do Google <laughs> as my first search result on it. <laughs> Because it will no longer. This computer does not let me open Chrome anymore. Really? Yeah, it is. I mean, the 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 robots have won. But it says the first result that comes up is is sloth a primate? Sloth is not a primate nor a rodent. I know, who's asking <laughs> if it's a? You're you're answering a question yeah. I'm not asking. They are also not a reptile. It's like okay. They are also true creatures of the animal kingdom. They are not made up for the TV and the media. <laughs> yeah, they, I swear they exist. <laughs> So it says... They may not be the world's most common beast, but they are out there and they are real. They're from the order Pelosa. Whoa, the police. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> they police the animal Yeah, kingdom. yeah. It's the fuzz. That's where they get the name there, from. What are the other Pelosas? Oh, Nancy mate. Pelosi, sp- former Speaker of the House. <laughs> <laughs> that is a very highbrow. <laughs> Thank you so primate, much. Pr- Primate-related joke. I love it. All right. All right, let me pick another one. How about I tell you... Um, it's a group of placental animals, mammals. Oh, my goodness. Extent today, only in the Americas. I love you. Extent? It's a word that's only been coming yeah. up since I've been on this podcast. <laughs> it means the opposite of extinct. I think it's, oh. it's extant, isn't it? Extant, sure. All I know that Never word s- from was there was a short-lived Halle Berry science fiction series called Extant. But I don't know what that means, and I never watched an episode of it. <laughs> it was about animals that were still alive. Very scary stuff. 
So they've also got giant anteaters in there. Mm-hmm. You know? All right, can can I ask, is a slow loris? Cause I yeah, like a lot of slow loris is in. Great. I think that was Jess Perkins <laughs> also might have mentioned the slow loris. The big eyes. I love, love the big eyes. A beautiful I relate to those big eyes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my, my eyes. <laughs> but, I mean, honorary mention to the sloth. Surely yes. we get an honorary mention. Yeah, yeah for sure. Can, yeah, we can they got to the be at least a cousin. they got to be related yeah, or mean, like mates. With they'd a hang out, right? Yeah. For sure. They're all fucking around. At yeah. least <laughs> a sloth has definitely fucked yeah. a bonobo at yeah, one yeah. point. Yeah, tell me a bonobo would say no to a sloth. Yeah. yeah. I'd say it'd be more likely that a bonobo's fucked a sloth, to be <laughs> honest. <but laughs> I remember once I visited a pet store and I saw a guinea pig fuck a bunny rabbit. No. Yes. <laughs> and I think that's applicable to any animal species out there now. It's changed my worldview. It made me a more curious scientist out there in the world. <laughs> it, a guinea pig legit jumped over a little, like a little barrier between the rabbits and the guineas and it started humping and bumping away. Yeah. That is... So... Do you Isn't reckon nature beautiful? In order of horny animals, it goes bonobo, then guinea pig. <laughs> guinea pig, then and then the human. rabbit was into it. The rabbit <laughs> was deaths into it. And I think um, it's one of my earliest memories. I was 14 when I saw that, <laughs> and it what switched if, me on. I forgot everything that happened before. <laughs> <laughs> you have no childhood. I forgot everything else, and that's where I came on board. <laughs> I think that's the, that's the spot you want to get in on board. Alexi... <laughs> You do a, how do we come to the movie we're talking about today? I think it was a it was a group effort. Oh yes. You asked for suggestions and I said that a few different listeners have suggested this one. The Congo. movie Congo. Yeah. yeah. And then we were originally gonna do it with my uh my comedy partner in crime, Cameron James, and he said that he had I grew up with a poster of Congo up in his bedroom. <laughs> oh, I was really looking forward to hearing that story. And so I was like, yeah, let's do that. That sounds good. And um, I have never seen this movie before. I had no connection to it. Um, and uh, <laughs> honestly, I had truly despised this movie because <laughs> I had to watch it by myself. My partner fell asleep. Different partner, romantic partner, <laughs> fell asleep. And I had to watch it by myself. And I'm just like, okay, this is probably a very fun movie to watch with your mates with a few beers. Um, but sadly, I was drinking a Coca-Cola soda water by myself watching it. <laughs> Dave and I watched it today and had some fun with it. But yeah, geez, there were slow moments. I mean, uh, so much happening, but yet so little happening. It's never a good sign when several times Matt went over to the the uh, laptop <laughs> yeah. just to check how long it had to go. Yeah, really half an hour. This feels like the end. Yeah. Oh, half yeah. an hour from here. It is a slog. It's a long movie. The uh, I, and also I couldn't tell you what the plot is to this film. Well, the the IMDb <laughs> breaks it way down into one yep. sentence. It says <laughs> that's not a good. When sign an either. expedition to the African Congo ends in disaster, a new team is assembled to find out what went wrong. And the more they discover the same hieroglyphics over and over, the greater the danger. What do they say? We are watching you. Help me! Help me! Ah! I never saw an animal move like that. Shoot it! Shoot it! Intelligent are they? They're smart. They're too damn smart. Watch out! No! We're getting out of here. What about them? Put them on the endangered species list. From the best-selling novel by the author of Jurassic Park. The myth of the killer ape is true. Congo, where you are the endangered species. 
I mean, that sounds like a good film. Yeah, that's kind of a good film. But then I don't know how the monkey gets involved or the the fake gorilla. Say, please, not a monkey. Okay, <laughs> so it's, sorry. It's an ape. It's a sloth. It's a well. It's not a sloth. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, still trying to get that through my head. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So there was the change up from. So the start was almost like a horror film. Mm. There was a bit of suspense, a lot of bad acting, yeah. and then an eyeball. Yeah. An eyeball flops out. I was out. thinking, because I didn't know anything about the film. Matt just said, we're going to watch this film, Congo, to talk about it on the podcast. And I was like, all right, let's watch it. And then suddenly a, a man's eyeball is being presented and there's blood everywhere. And then it sort of like, you know, cuts away. And I thought, oh, it's going to be a horror film. Okay. Mm. And then the next scene, we're talking to a gorilla. Yeah. Yeah. Like in like a really slow, kind way. Yeah, a very sweet gorilla introduction because we're seeing this gorilla in kindergarten right after we've seen an, a human eyeball be chucked out as <laughs> yeah. a little guy. But in the first scene, it's Bruce Campbell who is like the king of this kind of movie. He's um, he is the lead of the Evil Dead movies. Oh. So very silly horror movies or like kind of horror satire films. He's Sam Raimi's best mate. So he's like the perfect guy to be in like a kind of a fucking shitty horror movie, really. Um, are we allowed to swear on this podcast? Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, you know, keep, I mean, obviously children are listening, so keep it down. <laughs> yeah. to... Sorry about the eyeball. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I'm saying the effing and jeffing all over the place. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I so I, that's what I kind of thought this movie was going to be as well, like kind of like a kind of crappy horror satire, perhaps a satire on Jurassic Park. Right. Is what I thought this movie was going to be like a ju- very Jurassic Park. Yeah, because it opens in the jungle and you, it immediately looks Jurassic Park on a smaller budget. And yes. both, both films are based on the works of Michael Crichton. Michael Crichton, one of the biggest nerds in the literary world. <laughs> <laughs> really, and that's a that's it's a hot, hot, hotly contested <laughs> yeah. throne. Oh, so even you thought it was going to be because it was trying to be funny, right? Was it? It had to have been. They had to have been trying to be getting a few laughs out there for sure. Was there? This, there was at one point they they're in Africa and they're mm. talking to an African guy and they're like, "We we want to go. Are we going to make it past the border?" And mm. someone goes, "The only you you'll get over the border, but your best chance is this gorilla because no uh, Africans are going to want to look to be mistreating a gorilla in an mm. American film." Yeah. Was that breaking the fourth wall? I couldn't figure it out. Whoa, really? That's what was happening? I don't know. We what both other, looked what, at each other like, who else is going to be filming? What American Whoa. film are they talking about otherwise? Did they accidentally say film? They meant to say <laughs> expedition, but they accidentally said film <laughs> yeah, and that's in the movie. No one's going to want to see that in an American film. Yeah. And then like, it quickly moved on. And then there was no other moments where you could... Whoa, you I, could, feel like I, I might, didn't even pick up on that. I don't know if I misheard it or what. No, I, I also was like, hang on, that doesn't make sense. Because honestly, I think I was very lost in the plot because I knew that. So the guys die at the start. They're obviously killed by some kind of crazy ape of some description. Yeah, because you see it flash before the camera mm. a little bit and then the camera dies. Exactly. And that's your cold open to the movie. You're into this horror world. Then we cut to an ape who is beautiful, Amy, and she's learning how to speak. They put this like this Nintendo uh, Nintendo Power Glove on her <laughs> that she could like learn, like communicate with sign language and it gets translated to um, human language language known as English <laughs> so people can understand her and then we we see like Laura Linney and Joe Don Baker and they're like we gotta go get the diamonds or whatever yeah, there's a lot going there's on there's a lot going on but then I never underst- I knew why Laura Linney wanted to go to overseas on a holiday to find the diamonds I knew that um, uh, what's his name uh, the guy who from uh, 
Uh, oh, what's rice it? or curry? Yeah, curry. Curry. Yeah, <laughs> Tim, rice. Tim, Tim curry. <laughs> curry rice. Yeah. Matt really does confuse us a lot. Yeah, I can't yeah. get those two so confused. So when Tim Curry goes, he wants to go for selfish reasons as well. I have absolutely zero idea why the man wants to take the ape to the jungle. Is he trying to reintroduce her? I think he was. He wanted it because she was having nightmares. Uh, oh, Aim, yes. Amy the gorilla was having nightmares and he's and and she'd drawn a lot of pictures of the jungles. He's like, yes. she's giving us a message. She wants to go home. Oh, my God. I forgot. God about that entirely. So the the trip back to from America to, to the Congo has three major parties. Uh, one is Tim Rice slash Curry. I did it again, and that was not on purpose. And he is going because he secretly wants to find this lost city of diamonds. Uh-huh. And he's like an eccentric Romanian, possibly possible millionaire. Yeah, mm. I think he's like he's sort of like a proto um, Borat. <laughs> for His, sure The accent work was incredibly bad <laughs> I was expecting yes. a my wife yeah. was, you know. It was definitely like It has to be both those words It, it was incredible But it was <laughs> yeah, awful like, I, really, <laughs> I enjoyed it when he was on screen But I kept thinking Really? His English accent would have been Perfect, I reckon. And they just say over. that he's Romanian. Yeah. And that's what I thought. I thought that there was going to be a reveal that he's like not actually Romanian. It was like <laughs> Yes, I th- there was one point and they were like, oh, actually, no, you're, they were talking about like his backstory. And I was yeah. like, of course, it's going to be revealed. That's why it's a bad accent because he's not an actor. Mm. He's just a, a diamond guy lying to everyone. Yeah. But then it was like, no, no. And th- I someone actually guy. says, yeah. I know this guy, and he is definitely Romanian. Yes, that was a lie. It was he a lie in the movie. Rom- and it freaked me out. I was like, okay, now I, this movie can go anywhere <laughs> he's if he's actually Romanian. But the cast for this movie truly is insane, right? Yeah, every every face I recognise. Yeah, everyone mm. is in this movie, and, and no, none of these people should be in this movie, and none of these people should be in the same movie ever, this cast. It's like an anomaly that they're all in this one movie. Like, And no one should be a lead. No one in this movie <laughs> should ever be the leading actor. So, well, I mean, Laura Linney, Dave was saying, is multiple Academy Award nominee. I think so. Yeah, I looked at three films that I hadn't seen. Savages is one yes. of them. Uh, and two others as well. Two, all, all in the between about 2000 and 2007 or something. That's so pretty where she close was at together. Her, her hottest. She was nailing it. She was killing it back in the game then. And then we've got Ernie Hudson from Ghostbusters. He's good. He was my favourite in the film, I reckon. <laughs> yeah, well, you don't have many options, I guess. <laughs> Apart from Amy, the I'd, ape. Oh, uh, yeah, Amy, the ape was pretty so good. When I was looking him up, because I was like, oh, I couldn't remember that he was from Ghostbusters. Mm. And I was like, oh, yeah, of course. And then... It said in his IMDb trivia that, according to him, out of all his roles, this was his favourite he ever did. Oh, my God. Is that true? That has... <laughs> that's so fucked up. He's great in the movie, in the TV show Oz. He plays, like, the warden in that. But I can't imagine that he can be, like... Maybe he had fun, like, just, like, yeah, got to hang out with lots of people in the jungle. Yeah, maybe... <laughs> there was lots of robots and shit around. Yeah, it was my favourite role for the non... The time I wasn't on screen, maybe. It was, yeah, and it's probably the closest you got to play to like some big hero, you know? That's like a cool... This film is almost like a throwback to lots of like serials from the 1940s where it would be like an African expedition. Like a lot of the same kind of films that inspired Indiana Jones. Do you know uh, Roger Ebert? Yeah. One of, the, one of the most famous movie reviewers. He is probably the most famous after me, myself and Mark Fennell. <laughs> 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 he he has the famous four star system. Yeah, and he gave it three stars, saying, "Are you 
(laughs) (laughs) Saying, a splendid example of a genre no longer much in fashion. The Jungle Adventure Story. Did, are you serious Roger Ebert gave this movie three stars? <laughs> I'd love to have a list of films he gave less than three. <laughs> so he critically thinks that it's better than... A Let me tell you one off the top of my freaking skull that I know he gave an extremely negative review to that makes me pissed off every day. Oh, no. He gave like half a star to a wet hot American summer and he wrote uh, a Camp Cronada parody as a review saying how much he hated the movie. <laughs> and it's a legit classic and this guy gives fucking three stars to one of the worst movies I've ever seen. <laughs> three out is of this a- guy smoking freaking crack cocaine <laughs> or something? How is he... The most famous reviewer. I don't know. Yeah, he's given this three out of four. He's. I don't know. Oh, I think it's guys. the four star thing. People just love it. They love a bit of quirk. Oh my god, I'm upset. I'm uh, Alexi's upset right now. So how did it go? Hello, mother. Hello, father. It's like hello, mother. Hello, father. Welcome to the shittest movie I ever <laughs> did see. He <laughs> had such a way with words. Exactly. So, I don't know. Did I get through all the parties? So oh, sorry. We've, we've gone got the rice so we got curry. Uh, mm. The curry rice. Yeah, curry rice. The Romanian. The Romanian. He's. Definitely Romanian. Who's uh, I looked up his his name. You know his name, and it is not uh, not Romanian. They didn't even pick a his Romanian name, name for his character. Herkema oh. Homolka. Herkema Homolka. And his name. Every time they say his name, it's just like Hamakamala Homolka. They're just making it up. He was like, whatever. The director was like, yeah, that's good. Enough. According to uh, TV tropes, it says Homolka Homolka is not. Is so not a Romanian name. Homoka is actually a Czech surname. Oh my god! They've got that under the trope as long as it sounds foreign. Yeah. <laughs> when I another IMDb trivia fact was that he didn't appear in the Michael Crichton book. They added him in. Oh right. my god! So like, do you reckon they were like, all right, we need to get Tim Curry in there somehow? Yeah. Well, he only wants to play a psychopath. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the the curry rice, and he's yeah. there secretly. He's he's looking for this lost city of diamonds. Lost city of zin. I believe is what they yeah, call it. He keeps saying that. Yeah, Lost City of Zinge. <laughs> and it was Solomon was involved. Yeah, somewhere. Solomon's yeah. mine. King Solomon's mine. And then there was um, the scientist Laura, Laura Linney. Laura Linney. She's Laura... like a ex CIA operative who works for like a. I think her company's called like Travel Lodge or something <laughs> like that that she's going with. And it's they... like some sort of. He's, she works for some sort of tech billionaire who seems. Mm. Very evil. Who was yeah. also the dad of her ex-fiance. The one at, oh the, my at, God. at the start of the film when uh, we see someone have their eye ripped out. It's like this movie, there. the first draft was like normal and then the, they're like, we got to make sure everyone's connected in some <laughs> way. we got to connect everyone up. Everyone has met at different points in time. Yeah. And then who else do we have? We've got Dylan Walsh, who is the primatologist who loves to hang out with um, the ape Amy. Yeah, he should be our favourite here at Primates, but he's, I don't know, he was a bit of a dud. It's like a bit of a wet blanket. Yeah. He was like the very poor man's Bill Paxton. Yeah. And Bill Paxton's was the poor man's Bill Pullman? Exactly. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so he's a long way down the chain. So poor. <laughs> so he, his famous role is Nip Tuck. Is that right? Oh right. my God, he's Nip Tuck? Yeah, he's the Nip Tuck. Yeah, he should not be allowed to be in films. There are certain actors that should not be allowed in film. <laughs> <laughs> Nip Tuck, yeah, Nip Tuck should be a ceiling. Exactly. Uh, you've also got a Nip Tuck, uh, Australian Prime Minister's son. <laughs> Julian McMahon. Julian McMahon. <laughs> that is still outrageous. <laughs> uh, but a beautiful fact. So they're all on the plane. Mm-hmm. They go to Africa. They've all got different ideas. How about the way that uh, CIA, ex-CIA agent Laura yep. Linney talks her way onto the plane? She gets to the runway and she's like, I've got to come on this expedition with you. You've never heard of me or yeah. met me before. 
I've got to be on here. I've got my visas ready and they only work if I'm on your expedition. He's like, no. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm cool. going to take a gorilla home. What are you talking about? The only way she gets on board is because Hamelka has no money <laughs> to pay for the fuel. So yeah. they start taking all the crap off. She's like, well, I guess you need me now. I'm quite, yeah. I'm quite actually rich. So A lot of very happy coincidences through the whole film. Yeah. I mean, how does it get to that point? They've loaded everything on the plane and then they realize, hang on, we have no fuel. Yeah. We can pay for everything but the fuel. And it was revealed they needed $57,000 worth of fuel. <laughs> and Tim, Tim Curry Rice is laughing as he says that. I can't afford the, the fuel. <laughs> well, this is quite silly of me, but I have not put the fuel. Uh, I'm afraid that accent was too good. <laughs> yeah, I'm so sorry. <laughs> is that better? Yes. Yakshamesh. <laughs> but it's, oh. it's, it's a very bizarre set of circumstances that sees us go out into Africa. And then the film is truly magical from that point on. It's a real slog to get from mm. from landing in Africa yep. across to... There's so much exposition, yet still so many questions. Like, ha- why is this happening? They've spent so <laughs> much time to explain what's happening, but still you don't know what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they could have just been like, all right, you've been booked on the same flight as these guys. We're going. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Like, there's only one, you know, one chartered flight to Africa a month, so you have to go on this one, like to this part of Central Africa. It's like, okay. Or just go tra- travel lodges, the, the ex-CIA guys. They're the ones putting the expedition on. Get this primatologist on board. Get yeah. this, this is Hamelka his only guy. One. Is another guy. I mean, that's probably why Hamelka's not in the book. Because it's like, why the fuck would he be in the book? <laughs> this guy, this character has no reason to exist. <laughs> Apart, yeah, we just had to get another get curry in. He was on a hot streak. When was, was when was the film The Orphan Annie out? Mustn't have been more than 10 years before that. <laughs> <laughs> it would probably come out around the same time. Who knows? And then you got It. What else it, was he in? It would have been around here. Um, uh, Rocky Horror was in the 70s. Oh, do you know what was around this time? Home Alone 2, Lost oh, in New York, where he right. plays the concierge at the oh, hotel. So he would have been hot, in that. hot off Home Alone 2. Hot. He's on a heater. I mean, what's he done lately? Does he? He's I not think a, he's not well. Not well. Yeah. Really? He yeah, used to voice him. Um, he, yeah, he had a stroke. Yeah. Oh, I had he no used idea. to, the last thing I know he did, he voiced the Emperor Palpatine, Darth Sidious on the Star Wars Clone Wars TV series. Oh. Cool, man. <laughs> I just remember, I, you know, I accidentally called him Tim Rice before. I think I've realized for a long time. So Tim Curry isn't the guy who co wrote musicals. That's no, that, Tim Rice. That is Tim Rice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, what a. What a, what a time to find out. You thought th- that guy did both. I thought Tim Curry did both. He was great in the musical The Orphan Annie. <laughs> rooster? One of the finest portrayals of a rooster on sure, film. Surely that guy would be teaming up with Andrew Lloyd Webber. <laughs> They're both English. Get they seem there. like they would hang out, yeah. right? That makes sense. Yeah. Webb, get me in there. Yeah. All and right. curry, rice, they sound like foods that go together well. <laughs> Obviously, they've, I've merged curry and rice many a time. <laughs> yeah. Have you not ever merged curry and rice together? I did last night. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> For my main meal. Yeah, exactly. Wow. So maybe just back off. It was amazing. All right, I've seen the light. Sorry. There, something else that I, I felt like mm. the director, who you know a bit about, but yeah. I, I felt like he must be a guy who likes squeezing an animal into every shot. I felt like yes. at every opportunity, down to the fact when uh, there was already an animal in this shot, Amy the gorilla went over to the esky to get a drink. 
and to lift the lid, she had to knock a frog off. Yeah, she had Why to. Why is a frog there? She had to bump a frog <laughs> off the esky. Yeah, and it was quite a long scene too, wasn't it's it? Like every scene is like, how can we squeeze another animal into this? Yeah, it's how like, can we fit more garbage? Pan across zebras, and then an eagle lands in a tree. Yeah, and, and then the giraffes come yeah, in. Yeah, it's like, whoa. Do you want okay. me to give you a little little biography on the d- the director of this film? Would love to hear. So Frank Marshall is the director of this film. He is a name that's very probably very familiar to some cinephiles out there listening to this podcast. Oh, there's so <laughs> many cinephiles. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Guilty. Get Every- them in jail. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone who listens to this podcast, like we we are big cinephiles. Yeah. We need to hear nothing but hard facts. Hard facts. <laughs> hard critiques and criticisms. <laughs> um, well, I would tell you, I was very critical watching this film because Frank Marshall was a director of it. I got to say I think every single shot of this movie was hideous there was not an, there was like five shots that were not hideous and they were fine and that was it I think every shot in this movie was really ugly I think it was extremely poorly directed should I'd we set you, up your credentials yes I studied f- film school for six years of my life and I review films professionally so that I am a high high cinephile I'm a student of cinema cinema and I um, I can tell you every film that's ever been made you're a son of Ebert basically I'm Ebert's little brother <laughs> I was I'm the sons of Margaret of Davis. Um, I'll tell you the movies that he has directed. So he directed Arachnophobia, which is kind of like a crappy classic movie like this one. He directed Congo, obviously. We're talking about it. <laughs> I was about to say, I think I've heard of that one. Yeah. Not, uh, seriously, I forgot that that was the film. Um, he directed the movie Alive. Do you know Alive? Uh, oh, no thanks to the plane. Some of us are still alive. Yeah, exactly. The Simpsons. I know everything through The Simpsons. <laughs> yeah, these are The Simpsons reference. He, the, it's a movie, the plane crashes, they eat each other and shit. Oh, and yes. Uruguayan, and um, he also directed the movie Eight Below, which is Paul, uh, Paul Walker and Husky movie. So oh. he obviously he loves animals and crap like that. But I'll tell you some of the movies he produced. He's better known as a producer. Um, Back to the Future, Jurassic World, Rez of Lost Ark, Sixth Sense, Indiana Jones, Back to the Future 2, Benjamin Button, Jurassic World 2, uh, Fallen Kingdom, Born Identity, Gremlins, The Goonies, Sully, Roger Ra- Who Framed Roger Rabbit, The Born Ultimatum, Signs, Poltergeist, Hook, Assassin's Creed, that's maybe the best one, <laughs> Cape Fear, BFG, The Warriors... The Color Purple, Holy. so uh, Inner Space, Indian in the Cupboard. So a lot of the most lot of bangers. classic movies of all time. Wow. He's like Spielberg's go-to guy, Robert Zemeckis' go-to guy. That, that was an amazing list. Yeah, he's like a, he is one of the great producers in cinema history. He's produced some of the most exciting movies. He's often been on the very cutting edge of like discovering filmmakers and helping them make their next big film. He's also married to Kathleen Kennedy, who probably currently is like the biggest producer in all of Hollywood. She produces all of Lucasfilm stuff through Disney, like the new Star Wars films. Um, and she produced this film with him. Right, so they're a real producer power couple. Big producer power couple. So together, they produce some of the biggest films of all time together and separately produce biggest films of all time. And when I was watching this movie, I was screaming, stay in your fucking lane because (laughs) you are not a director. (laughs) You should not be fucking doing this shit because it was so bad. And this movie... How hard could it be? He's been so close to great directors for so long. None exactly. of it rubbed off. No, it did not rub off. He's good at letting people do their thing and obviously getting the money for people to do whatever they want. But this motherfucker <laughs> is not a director and he should not be allowed to direct movies. That That is... I can't believe how many films he's been... Like, he's a legend. Yeah, the guy's a legend. And, he, and just to, you know, 
production companies just have to say yes to him. I guess so. Because he's like, well, I won't come to you with the, these other 10 blockbusters exactly. that Spielberg and stuff are going to make. So, like, all right, we'll let you direct one movie for 50 million bucks. <laughs> this is a sacrifice we're, worth, yeah. we're willing to make. And he, and like he, 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 he must have been undeniable at that point. The only, there's my favorite clip on the internet is a Frank Marshall clip. It's for the, it's like a little red carpet promotional thing at the Force Awakens premiere. And like some Disney losers are like interviewing like George Lucas on the red carpet. And he's like very boring, giving them straight answers. And then Frank Marshall just like comes up from behind him and he goes, you're not going to beat Jurassic. You're not going to beat Jurassic at the box office. And then George Lucas just goes to him, you, I'll crush you like a bug. I reckon I think about that every single day because they're like best mates and it's just like they look like they've never spoken to each other before in the real world. That is, that's a real fun comeback. I'll crush you. Crush you like a bug. I'm going to find that. That's great. Oh, that's good fun. He sounds, so what a world they must live in. Yeah. I mean, he must be so loaded. Oh, he would be probably quite rich, at least a millionaire, I'd say. <laughs> what? Probably have a million bucks in the in bank. In the millions. Yeah, Cold in the millions in the million. bank. I can't believe that. No. He I probably refuse. lives in Sydney. He's so rich. What? No one's that rich. <laughs> no, no one. Point, point Pipe or something like that? <laughs> yeah, Potts Point, somewhere around there. Whoa. One of the richest places in the world. Are all the Sydney rich towns PPs? Yeah. Uh, that's Peter, it. Peter Parker? <laughs> yeah, Peter Parkerville. Uh, <laughs> that's where all the rich scientists live. We, uh, we talk about... Um, one thing that's interesting with these, you know, these primate films mm. is how do they get the monkeys or the apes onto the screen? Like, do yeah. they use real apes, that sort of stuff? What What would be your guess on this film here? <laughs> I would believe they skinned a real ape and put a man <laughs> inside it. Because <laughs> well, when I Googled the film, Matt, to get some, you know, behind-the-scenes stuff, it said, other people ask, was Amy in the film, which is the name of the, the ape, was Amy played by a real ape? It's like, do people really have to Google that? <laughs> of course she was. <laughs> Why, Why are you Googling? The, the ape is... It's not... You, you never go, oh, this is real, looking at it. But I think the performance is wonderful in the ape suit. Like, it looks it looks convincing enough to for me not to go, this is shit. So you like, weren't oh, hating that element, sure. Yeah, that sure. was the best element of the film. Because she also was up for a couple of Razzies. Dave said, including... Oh, yeah, so the film got nominated for a seven or eight Razzie Awards. Yeah. Didn't win any, sorry to say. Oh, they God. were t- gutted. Oh, no. She was a worst actor and worst new star. She was so hopeful. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this is the start of her career. Yeah, that's, that's an indictment so... on the whole Razzies yeah. system, right? I don't like the Razzies. I don't like the Razzies. They're so mean. They're so nasty. They gave George Bush a Razzie for worst actor for Fahrenheit 9-11. So you can, <laughs> they're not serious. They're not taking the game seriously enough. But there, so it was uh, Amy in particular was put on the screen uh, with the work, the fine work of Academy Award winner Stan Winston. Mm. You familiar with Stan's work? I'm uh, guessing you probably are. Not at the top of my head, but I know he's one of the biggest creature creators, along with Rick Baker. They're like the two big boys. The two big boys. Well, that's that's true. So is that a friendship or a rivalry? Uh, Win- oh, Winston, a bit of both. I hope. <laughs> Winston won uh, prior to this film won Academy Awards for best visual effects for Aliens. Oh, hell yeah. He also won two Oscars for Best Visual Effects and Best Makeup for Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Oh, probably my all-time favorite film. Really? 
Love it. Wonderful movie, wonderful work by Stan Winston. And in, yeah, great. I mean, it still looks good now. Yeah, exactly. It's like older than I am. He also was nominated for films like Predator, Edward Scissorhands, Batman Returns. Mm, all wonderful creatures that he's created from his own damn mind and damn hands. And in 94, he won... <laughs> and Van Damme as well. <laughs> Van Damme hands. And he, he created Van Damme hands. No way. <laughs> yeah. Some of the most fiercest creatures on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get in the way of those. Uh, 94 won for Best Visual Effects for Jurassic Park. Oh, wonderful movie. Much better than Congo. <laughs> Real, yeah. Another Michael Crichton work. Yeah. Do you know that? That's one of my favourite facts. It's so nice I've I said do, it twice. Because this film is so close to that. I do feel a bit like that. they were like, wow, Jurassic Park, that was the highest grossing film of all time. Let's panic buy the rights to every Michael Crichton mm. movie and capitalise on this somehow. Yeah, I, I did read that this film had kind of been... It'd been passed around a little bit, and Spielberg did not want to do it. They asked him to do it, and then they just go, "Let's get your mate on board." <laughs> yeah. He's like, "Oh, I know a guy <laughs> who's got ambitions." But also, uh, the actors were, were passed around as well. Dave was saying Hugh Grant, Hugh Grant for the main role, the Nip Tuck guy. Whoa, okay, and also he, he passed. That'd be amazing. I'd love that. Yeah, yeah. He's just frazzled the whole time in he the jungle. He falls in love with the ape. Well, you know, I just didn't know if I could be asking you these kind of things. But, um, you know, <laughs> you, you seem to have quite a way with your words yourself. So, uh. And you, didn't you say that the, uh, the Montgomery part was written for Connery? Did you say that? Or did I imagine? Oh, yeah, that? yeah. Mm. So, ori- ori- originally, because it's a lot older, Michael Crichton, I think, wanted Sean Connery to play the Montgomery, who's the... Uh, the Great White Hunter. It was black. Yeah, so I, I, <laughs> I remember reading that when uh, who, the screenplay, whoever adapted it, he said, okay, I'll do it, but I want that uh, character to be played by a black actor. I don't want it to be a great white, you know, a white guy, because I just don't see why they'd all be taking orders from a white man. Yeah, in the middle want, of in Africa. In the middle of Africa. Yeah. Like, why would they have all the connections and stuff? Like, it doesn't make sense. So I think that there is a tongue-in-cheek line where he says, I'm the great... White Hunter, except I'm black. Yeah. <laughs> he actually says that. He does, he does say that in the film. I can tell you the writer of this movie is J.P. Shanley, who I think is one of the great writers. He's like a, he's a playwright. He won an Academy Award for the movie Moonstruck with Cher. Oh. Cher. And then he, um, he wrote and directed the movie Doubts with Meryl Streep and um, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh, that is great. Yeah, it's so he's like he's one of the what I think he's one of the great blip. guys, and this is like a fucking weird blip in his <laughs> filmography. They made this weird shitty adventure movie because it doesn't feel like it's well written or anything no. really. But uh, yeah, who knows what happens between like directors have a lot of control yeah. over a script. <laughs> yeah, they like, can make a good script look cut bad, that, yeah. especially if you're directing it and you're the executive producer. Mm. It's like who's going to say no? Yeah, exactly. You're one of the most famous beloved producers. Yeah, people of all time. like. All right, I guess he knows what he's talking about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> Dave also said this film made money. Yeah, it was like a a bit of a hit, right? Yeah, successful. So it was a fifty million dollar budget. This is US money, and worldwide grossed one hundred and fifty. And Triple, and then it's uh, director video rentals were good back in the nineties. That was big money. Yeah, this would be a big video hit, I reckon. And and Cam- young Cameron James was getting the poster on his wall. Yeah, you know? Exactly, that's the advertising right there. That's yeah. direct advertising. So I think, yeah, like it. It was obviously okay in '95, maybe. Mm. I mean, Ebert thought so. Ebert frothed it. That's probably <laughs> enough to get like another hundred grand right there. It looks like reviews that have been done more recently like in the 2000s, are way more brutal. Mm. But 
Good on him, my generation of critics. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> like this, uh, I quite like this one. A movie that appears to have been designed first as a future theme park and then as a major movie picture. That was by Lucy Mole. Oh, Film.com. She got it. Film.com. That's probably one of the biggest <laughs> websites on the internet. <laughs> wow. She gave it uh, a, uh, a splat. Oh, no. Out of what? How many splats? <laughs> Just the out one splat out of four splats. <laughs> four splats. It was a masterpiece. <laughs> I believe it's a rotten is what you mean. A rotten. Yeah. <laughs> From rottentomatoes.com. So, so I didn't do six years yeah. at film school. One of the th- About year three, they teach uh, how to make a fresh flick and how to make a splat flick. <laughs> <laughs> it's a splatter. Uh, so talking about Stan Winston, the, the man yeah. who, who brought uh, Amy, Amy onto the lot. screen and also the, the bad apes. Oh my god! We really talk about we'll that. talk about we'll talk about Stan, and then we'll talk about those bad. Oh, they, they're probably the baddest apes you've come across. I'd yeah, say. I've never come across such badass oh, apes. All right, can't wait to get bad, to them. They're real bad apes. Uh, so Winston, he was he was pumped for this. Mm. He uh, he had a couple of well, his studios had a couple of movies on the go that year. Uh, the other one was Tank Girl. Oh wow! But that was a, a lot less work for him. He was really. Frothing, as you say. A bit of Sydney lingo. I should say we're up in Sydney. So if you hear a few little bits of Sydney lingo, that's why. We're right in the heart of Tinseltown. <laughs> uh, so that was such a little weird laugh. I've never done that before. <laughs> Please strike it from the record. Don't show that laugh on the podcast. <laughs> uh, um, he said he was excited about Congo, uh, for one, because it had much in common with Jurassic Park, which yep. was his most successful endeavour to date. Um, it was based on the popular novel by Michael Crichton. Ooh, I don't know if that's huh? a fact that you guys are familiar <laughs> with. Uh, Jurassic Park and Congo, both based on, on Michael Crichton works. Um, and Kathleen Kennedy, one of the Jurassic Park producers, was producing the film. Yep. Who you mentioned just before. She's married to the director. They were fucking well on the job, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, wait. Hang on. <laughs> is, that, is that a scoop? That's a scoop. They were freaking wed. Is that, that an IMD, exclusive? IMDb fact? But for him, even more compelling than it being a, mm. a Jurassic Park type film was that it would offer him the long sought opportunity to create gorillas. Oh, yeah. that's That it, makes sense to me. It had been a dream for him. Um <laughs> Through his work on Greystroke, The Legend of Tarzan, <gasps> Lord of the Apes, Fuck, and be great Gorillas in the Mist, yeah. Rick Baker had built a reputation for creating stunningly realistic apes. If, if Stan Winston was the robot man, Rick Baker was the ape man. Stan Winston naturally was very competitive, and that drove him to challenge Rick Baker's turf. It was a rivalry. Mm, this is so exciting. Uh, this, this is like a moment episode of Do Go On right now. <laughs> Whoa, what will happen? Surely. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Someone will die. <laughs> Stan later admitted, Congo was kind of a proving ground for me, or at least that's what I wanted it to be. I wanted to show the world that we could do gorillas too and do them well. That's so exciting. Sounds like he, he doesn't think he pulled it off, maybe. 
No, I think oh, I think the well the gorillas were good, right? They I were think pretty. they were dope. They looked it's awesome. It's nineteen ninety five. I mean, the Amy thing, her going around with the backpack and and having that weird sweet voice and stuff yeah. was a bit odd, but. The no, that's not, yeah, that's not his choice though. Yeah, sure. I and think he did his job well. He did a wonderful job, Stanny baby. You should be extremely proud of yourself. <laughs> For this one, Tank Girl, hey, hey, Chuck and Jurassic as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but he I think the, the gorillas look fabulous. I think the silverbacks, were they real as well? Or were they a creature from Stan Winston's twisted mind? <laughs> They were very silver, the backs. Yeah. Of yeah. the silver backs. It was the first time I got the name. I was like, oh. <laughs> Matt, I think also Matt audibly said it. I said, oh, that is a very silver back. <laughs> uh, so, according, this is all off uh, the stanwinstonschool.com uh, website. Mm, one of the finest schools that you can ever hope to graduate from. <laughs> is that where you went? Yeah, I did. I studied abroad at stanwinstonschool.com. <laughs> for six years. <laughs> for six years. It says, in many respects, the Congo Project was as doomed as the story's characters. Oh. Due in part to early design decisions intended to make Amy a more comely leading lady. Mm. So he was. Those leading ladies comely. Yeah. <laughs> Can you uh, elaborate there, Matt? Well, I spell think... comely as well, please. <laughs> C O M E L Y. <laughs> Get out of the gutter. <laughs> I know. I mean, I know that's how you live up here in Sydney. You bloody yeah. gutter boys. We're yeah. disgusting gutter boys up here. <laughs> he knows sex sells. We need that gorilla to be comely. <laughs> But it, well, I think I think you could see like thinking back, it it was like slightly more. I think it was slightly less full realistic. Mm. The other ones I reckon were a bit the the badass apes were, and also the wild gorillas mm. looked more realistic to me than some. Some there was something about Amy that was like very slightly cartoonish. I think Amy had a cuter like human childish face, you know, like a little cartoony face, like. You know, that's there's that thing where they try to make uh, creatures in like animated films to make them look more cuter and sweeter. They add like human elements to them. Yeah. I can see that in Amy's face to make her look more beautiful and comely. Yeah, comely. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So comely. <laughs> so to speak. Can we quickly talk about one of the human elements, which was very perplexing for me when they were on the plane to Africa, sitting in business <laughs> oh class gosh. style seats. <laughs> Amy got a little get a little upset. You know, they had to explain to her you're flying. That's it's all good. It's all good. They calmed her down by giving her a martini. <laughs> yeah, in she a glass. Full on drinks a martini. She just socks it back, <laughs> yeah. which is the only photo I'd seen when someone suggested it. I looked it up. I'm like, oh, I think I know what kind of movie this is. I thought it was gonna be like a weird buddy. I thought movie. it was yeah. like George of the Jungle. Like <laughs> it's an ape that's like, well, yes, come back to my Africa and I shall show you around. <laughs> yes, yeah, you but know. seriously, it was just like. That's really the maybe the one comedy part, and it's not even played up for comedy. It's no, like, yeah, she asked and, for, and, a, and then he, the trainer goes, "It's okay, she can have one." Yeah, <laughs> it's okay. She loves a drink. She's quite comely, if you haven't noticed. <laughs> why didn't they teach her the word for martini as well? Mm. Cause she asked for, it, or why didn't they just make that translate to martini with her voice activated? Exactly. Thing? She did the sign, and it said, "Can I have a raindrop juice?" <laughs> I'm like, that's a water. That's yeah. water you're talking yeah, about. Man, I want a vodka martini shaken, not stirred. Yeah. And I can tell if you stir it and not shake yeah. it. I can tell. And you don't want to fuck with me. I'm a full-grown ape. Yeah. I'll rip your freaking yeah. dick off, mate. Yeah. <laughs> We're on a plane. Yeah. This could go really badly. But Winston, so Winston does have regrets about making her a bit cuter. Mm. Um, and, but that were his instructions. But he said, we took a lot of artistic license with Amy that in hindsight we shouldn't have taken. Part of that artistic license was putting a lowland gorilla face on what was supposed to be a mountain gorilla, just oh, to make her more appealing. Rookie she was era. cuter, but we paid a price for it because there was a sense of reality that was lost in the character. 
Yeah, I can see that. I can see why you'd be staying awake at night all night, Stan Winston, <laughs> after doing this 20 years ago. <laughs> Fuck, Baker would never make that mistake. <laughs> yeah, don't put a lowland face on a mountain body. <laughs> yeah, real bloody amateur hour stuff. But I can totally see why he would sign on to do this. Like, not just the the um, the rival with Rick Baker, but I would say, like, the two, the two big gets for, like, People that were children around the same generation that Rick Baker and Stan Winston would have been, the two that were inspired by like all these like shitty movies from the like early black and white days, would definitely be like Wolfman, like Lycans, Lycans from the Underworld franchise. Oh yeah, from Underworld. <laughs> yeah, yes. but you know, like Wolfman and. Um, uh, King Kong would be like the two most oh. magnificent creatures from that period in time. And I know Rick Baker really wanted to do, his dream was to do like Wolfman stuff. And so he did American Wealth in London and then he did the Wolfman movie with Benicio Del Toro. And so I can imagine why they would be seeing these creatures like gorillas, like King Kong would be such an influence for these guys to go, I want to make that costume. I want to make the, I want to create that creature right. that I grew up with. And so I can see why he would be so on board to go like, I can finally do this. I can finally bring an ape to life and Living make her dream. beautiful and comely. <laughs> comely, comely lowland gorilla face. <laughs> but the bad apes are dope in this movie. Yeah, they are. They're, they're pretty awful looking. Hideous. Yeah. But they, yeah, they, the way they move, all apart from that one scene briefly. So I guess we should catch up with the story. Yeah, oh, yeah so where gosh. these bad apes come in. You want maybe. to take us there, Dave, from the um, our journey through Africa? Well, there's a lot of stuff that you don't really even need to have in the film. They, mm. it's, a, it's a long journey. They nearly get shot down in, in the plane by African rebels. Mm-hmm. They like When they land in Africa, they got Joey Pants, Joe Pantaleono, who's from The Sopranos, is like, yeah, yeah, kiddos, you can't get in here. You get, What are you doing here and stuff? For no reason. He's just there in two <laughs> scenes for no reason. And then they meet Delroy Lindo, who's like some like militia leader. Oh, and he has the best line in the whole film, which is... I, I, I'm going to butcher it, <laughs> yeah. but it's Tim Tim Curry is uh, eating what an apple. Tim Curry. Oh, he's eating a, a, is it a pear sesame cake? cake. Sesame cake. I love it. And the rebel leader just says to him, stop eating my sesame cake. <laughs> he doesn't stop eating it, so he re- immediately repeats, stop eating my sesame cake. And then end scene on a close-up no. of Tim Curry, right? Yeah, Tim Curry scoops the cake out of his mouth and puts it and the half-eaten cake back on the cake table. Yeah. And, and that's then, the end of the scene. That's the end of the scene, and suddenly it's like, all right, we're good to go. And then they get in this plane that nearly gets shot down. They have to parachute out, which includes... Uh, Amy having to parachute. That's the primate. Yeah. And the way they do that is they drug her up by putting something in a banana to relax her. And then um, she just hugs a man while he parachutes out <laughs> and hopes that a drugged ape won't <laughs> let go and fall to her death. It's, uh, they put in... Uh, it's Gorilla Valium. <laughs> like, you <laughs> gorilla know, Valium. You know, I think we... Yeah. He, I love it. It's like... It's Gorilla Valium. Like, I mean, just say Valium. But yeah. anyway, Gorilla Valium, That's the I guess that's the one for gorillas. Exactly, I would guess so. If I had to guess, Gorilla Valium <laughs> is probably for gorillas. <laughs> Makes sense. No, actually, that does make sense to me now. So they've, they've jumped off. They're into the forest or the jungle even. <laughs> the bush, the scrub. Yeah. And then they keep journeying through. They, they meet interesting characters on the way mm-hmm. uh, one is a lion who's looking for a heart mm-hmm. then they've got the tin man <laughs> but it's, they're picking up a few different characters on the way through some people are dying as yeah. well um, she just says that a hippo comes out of the water and attacks them 
oh on their blow-up rafts. Dan Winston crowded those hippos. They were great. They, they, they looked sublime. good. Sublime. They they, the hippos were extremely comely, if I am to borrow <laughs> words. <laughs> they did combine lowland hippos, though, with the mountainous yeah. hippos. I did, Strange. I did see notice that, but I forgave it. Because it did make them more they, comely. They looked superb. They, they were sublime creatures from the mind of Stan Winston. Oh, so great. <laughs> but before we get to these these bad apes, I just want to quickly mention the most brutal part of the whole film, mm-hmm. which is where Amy sees... So the whole idea is that she's going to be reintroduced into the Congo jungle. Yep. She sees uh, three uh, silverbacks in the wild, and they say, yeah, go up to them, go up to them. And they... She tries to sign to them with the machine on that says like, hello, Amy, good, 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 good. And they just turn their backs on her because yeah. like, they obviously don't speak sign language or understand the English that's being translated. <laughs> and then... Um, like, what a freak. Our main lady. What was her character's name again? Uh, Laura Linney. Anyway, Laura Linney. <laughs> Laura Linney says in front of Amy to her handler, well, I guess she doesn't fit in anywhere. <laughs> Brutal. And then you realise, hang on, I think she understands English. That is the most brutal thing yeah. you could ever say to anyone. Yeah. I guess you don't fit in anywhere. Huh. And then she walks off. What a privileged life you've lived if you think the worst thing anyone can say to you is that you don't fit in. Anywhere. To a to a, uh, an ape. An ape who's had the lap of luxury <laughs> in business class last <laughs> sipping on martinis. It is, it is quite the life. It's all coming crashing down. Because I feel, it feels I th- like she fit in really well in first class. Yeah, yeah she behaved herself and she's very good friends of her handler, yeah. the primatologist. <laughs> too close to a proctologist. <laughs> proctologist. Pro- proctologist. Anyway, so, and then they, Matt, you want to take over here and say how they come to these evil apes, which... Mm. So it all starts, yeah. It's, everything starts sinking in. The um, very at the very start, that eyeball scene mm. happened, but we didn't know where it quite was. But yeah. it, in the end, it's where all three parties are trying to get to the same spot. The yeah. diamond uh, from the um, the diamond company. Yep, yeah, from the travel lodge. Travel lodge. Called. <laughs> I don't know if that's the actual. Laura Linney's travel lodge. They yeah. wanted to get to this spot to find the diamonds. Um, Borat. Yeah, Borat. Tim he, Curry Rice. He's dying to go to the lost city of Zinge because he's <laughs> he's heard about it ever since he was a child and he found this little this little ring that had an eye on it and he saw that the comely gorilla had drawn an eye from her dreams. He goes, That is my jungle Solomon mine, the city of Zinge I must head to. And that's the same spot. And then, all, I guess, not really, but the uh, Amy she's also like, wants to be returned to somewhere around that area. Yeah, because she dreams about that. She shit. dreams about it. So she's connected to it as well. So they find, and then they, they find this spot. And, mm. it, and it is the Lost Kingdom of Solomon's Mine or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Zinge. And they, they get in there and they find it to be heavily guarded mm. by these wild-looking grey apes. Yeah. A, a species of ape that until this point in time, were unknown to science. Until the movie Congo was made and they <laughs> yeah. were discovered. They were discovered. And they look evil, but great. Yeah. They look fantastic, but also raggedy asses. Raggedy. Oh, They're raggedy yeah. asses. <laughs> oh my God, that is not a comely ass. We, f- we find out that they've been, they were trained by King Solomon and his people. <laughs> yeah. And they eventually overthrew the Solomon. Oh my God, a story as old as time. <laughs> and uh, took over the place, but they still heavily guarded these diamonds yeah. for whatever reason. Uh, do they need the diamonds for anything? That's not really explained, but cool. They, yeah, for the guns. 
No, oh, sorry, but do the evil like why are they protecting these these diamonds? They look sick, I reckon. Yeah, yeah they do look they sick. Think, yeah. Why are you touching our jewels, man? Yeah, we hey, love these jewels. How, how about this for a fact? Those diamonds were real diamonds. Is that real? Apparently, that is amazing. Yeah, they were. They were there. There's only two places where they could have got them, and they they borrowed them from some shop in New York or something, and they they were the only kind of diamonds that look. That big and also like diamonds. They honestly did not look like diamonds in the movie. They <laughs> no. looked like perspex or some shit. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it I mean, awful. Everyone knows real diamonds don't look like diamond on film. Frank Marshall's like, okay, we've got to make them sparkle. <laughs> they've got to sparkle it like that, just like they do on set. I want them to look like freaking De Beers diamonds. <laughs> so these apes, here's a go. I'll, I'll post this picture, but this is sort of them being created. Hideous. Wow. Oh, Those, wow. They look fabulous. They. They, they're yeah. like half Yeti or something. They're yeah, real they springy. They look a bit like they've got some sort of in- infection on their mm. around their faces. They look like they have got some sort of fucked up disease. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and nearly all these gorillas, so they, um, Stan initially wanted to maybe do use CGI, mm. but they wow. were finding it too hard to get the hair right. Yeah, yeah. So he decided to go with real stuff. So he used puppets and animatronics and that sort of stuff. Good on him. So this is... Um, uh, Joey or- Orozco from Stan, from Stan School. Mm-hmm. He said, Stan really let us use our imaginations in coming up with something unique and specific for each of our characters. Talking about these badass apes. So they yeah. all look quite different. Every face is a, is a bit different. They're from unique. The and that's because they, they were sort of selectively bred by Solomon's people to pick out the bad ones, the angry ones, Whoa, the violent ones. Okay. And then they slowly morphed into this hideous inbred freak show. That ends up uh, being the the grey gorilla protectors wow. of the mine. I love the design of that and thought that went into this piece of shit movie. <laughs> There's more thought gone into that scene than any other part <laughs> yeah, of the movie than the script. <laughs> I think in that scene. So, and this sort of building up to the main climax of the film yeah. is is there's fight scenes here with these gorillas. Yeah. Um, and that, and we find out there's a at one point we see a, a pile of gorilla bones. Yeah. And uh, the primatologist he goes the proctologist he yeah. he goes these no these aren't these aren't the freak gorilla bones these are normal gorilla bones yeah. and it looks like they've crushed their head so we learn in that moment that they also kill they kill anyone who comes in including yeah. gr- other gorillas. Gorillas but, wandering in to try and find these diamonds. <laughs> <laughs> but then there was this scene. What did what did you think of the scene? I'd love to hear a filmmaker's mm. take on it. So there was this. It looked badass. The first one, one they were inside, yeah. came across and it was like, and it came was coming real fast. Like, wow, that looks cool. Yeah. And then the very next scene, they went to this sort of almost like a strobe effect. Mm. Briefly, that was really bad. I thought the my player had stopped yeah. working. <laughs> I was wondering if it, if it was just our our player as well that was malfunctioning for that one mm. scene. So obviously that is part a choice that was made. So it would be a choice that was made. So what happened would be my guess is that they filmed the scene regular style, baby. This filmed at regular style, okay. 24 frames per second, roughly, whatever they were filming in, would be 24 frames per second is traditional speed. And then they would have wanted to go slow-mo. And slow-mo is typically a much larger frame rate per second. But because they don't have enough frames per second to slow it down slower, that's why it looks so weird and choppy. Right. So there's a, like that, it would be have to be a deliberate choice or are they fucked up? <laughs> like, <laughs> Frank Marshall wasn't thinking <laughs> far enough ahead as a director. Yeah, and then when they went to cut it three months later, they're like, oh, we've dismantled the set. 
And then yeah. crap. And didn't even make the decision to go, well, let's just not have that shot. Yeah, it looks very, very bad. It does look like you're, there's a, like a glitch in the system when you're watching it. Yeah, that's the worst. Out of everything, that's the bit that's dated the worst. <laughs> Do you think that maybe he was hoping that people at the cinema would see it and go, well, I guess that's just Hoyt stuffing up. Yeah. <laughs> the director would never choose, choose to make that decision. I think it's between, <laughs> b- between that scene and Charles's acting at the very start. Yeah. They were the two bits that were the least convincing. Yeah. Of a pretty unconvincing film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think. But then, right after that, we start seeing gorillas be chopped up by a laser like there's a they find the laser gun which is like one of the reasons they go into the, ca- the cave is to find the laser gun that went missing it's on the mentioned, last expedition mentioned very briefly at the mm. start yeah, and then and at it, the end she finds it and it's powered by diamonds so that's why you know she's there for travel lodge because mm. they want to create this new weapon that's power i guess she, she pulls the a diamond out of dead charles's hand yep and you know it was hard to tell that he was dead because his acting when he was alive was similar <laughs> but they put she put it out of hand and put it into the laser and then mm. just started mowing down they're getting sliced and diced and set on fire it, it's an insane moment it's insane <laughs> Yeah, it's, a, it's like it's jumping from Jurassic Park into Terminator or something. Yeah, and their arms are like flipping off and stuff. They're getting mowed down and torn apart. Tim uh, Curry-Rice has already been taken down. He he picked up every diamond he could yeah. find and the, the, the grey... And, as you noted, Matt, refused to put them in his pockets. Yeah, he's, got, he's wearing a safari suit mm. with the... Ma- like, you couldn't <laughs> have had any more pockets. And he's cradling him to his yeah. chest. What, are you going to walk back through <laughs> the Congo jungle cradling diamonds? I guess it's like when you go out on the town and you buy that toy or whatever you've wanted and you're just like, I just want to hold this and look <laughs> yeah. at it on my way home. <laughs> All yeah. right, I want people yeah. to know that I got this. Yeah. You're just excited by it. You just want everyone to know and you want to see it yourself. <laughs> that does make sense. Just before the laser comes out, Amy, who's gone and, and met up with a, a gorilla family, mm. she's gone missing. The Montgomery says to our primatologist, hey, hey man, hey man, <laughs> uh, we've got to get out of here or whatever. And, and the primatologist is like, Where's Amy? We've got to find Amy. He'd just forgotten about her. Yeah. And the guy goes, humans first, then gorillas. Do you agree? And the primatologist, who's dedicated his whole life to primates, <laughs> made me feel sick in the stomach. He says, I agree. Oh, God. What a, what a piece of fucking work. Turn his back on her. As our local primatologist, did you feel betrayed by I him? I felt betrayed, yes. But could you also empathise with him, wanting to save your own skin rather than the thick skin of a gorilla pal? <laughs> no, never. Gorilla first. <laughs> Human second. Yeah. I agree. Gorillas together. Ape together. Strong. Third, slice. Slice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they get out. They've, uh, with the help of Amy, she comes in mm. and she, for whatever reason, sort of baffles the the freaky gray yeah, gorillas. Yeah, because they're sort of surrounded. It looks like it's all over because they're going to be murdered by these murderous uh, evil gr- mm. apes. And then Amy just charges in, does a bit of a... And, they and are- also, doesn't she say, Amy, good gorilla? Yeah. You guys are bad. I hate you. You mm. ugly gorilla. Yeah. Ugly, ugly. You fucking ugly. And yeah, she's, she's really small. U-G-L-Y. <laughs> you got no alibi. You ugly. And they are hurt by that. They've yeah. never had that kind of feedback They're before. taken aback. They're like, whoa, really? What do I do with that okay. kind of feedback? I need to think about my comeback. They start crying. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, and while they're crying, the others get away. Yeah. And then... I mean, how, so through this movie, the things that happen, they arrive uh, in Africa. Uh-huh. I can't, what country? They jump they through a lot of countries. They in Central Africa. Oh, yeah. Central Africa. So they talk about Zaire a goddamn lot and Congo, obviously. So they're in, 
they're in the airport and they're uh, driving, uh, they're ferrying or whatever they say, mm. taxiing. Yeah. And then a car explodes on the runway and it's like, well, that's unlucky timing mm. or this place is real messed up. Yeah. Then um, they're at the, uh, they've just, they're just getting out of the diamond company mm. mine from Solomon and his friends, <laughs> the Grey Gorillas. And they, the uh, mine is built on a volcano, which is now erupting, oh my which gosh. must be the first time in a long time because it's sandy floor inside. Yes. And all of a sudden it's lava. Ca- like lava lasts a long time once it hardens. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, this is an ancient kingdom. So we're thinking, what, two, three thousand years it's been there. The jungle's grown up around it. So it, it clearly hasn't erupted in three thousand years. And the day they arrive, yeah. it erupts. Really yeah. And it's kind of out of nowhere. Like I thought... Oh, the laser accidentally turned the sand to liquid hot magma. <laughs> now they're like, they're all stuck there. But it just happens out of nowhere. It's a huge, it. it's a huge eruption. You, you could have said that to Frank Marshall. He would have been like, well, that's not why it erupted. It's just chance. <laughs> yeah. You're reading was, too much into this. It was <laughs> destiny. Can't you tell? I've been leading up to one point of the whole film. It's just destiny that all this is happening. The I'd say that was not the best. I don't think that Stan had anything to do with the uh, lava effects. No, because no, they no. look like someone had drawn them on with the text though yeah, oh. definitely looks like someone's got like clip art of fire and just chucked it over the entire oh, scene so bad and then the uh the evil apes start panicking and a lot of them just jump into they, the lava yeah they do like bombs into it yeah. and stuff like that <laughs> like, like one of them did a belly flop yeah whoo yeah. oh <laughs> oh this it's isn't, not pool oh this isn't a pool it looked gooey and nice but instead <laughs> i'm burnt to a crisp <laughs> yeah that was that was weird no explanation for that i guess that's just something that that certain species of, of ape do. Yeah. Well, that's something that Laura Lenny does say as she starts mowing them down. She says something like, "Welcome to the extinction list." Yes. Oh my god, that's real nineties action hero, badass line. Yeah. <laughs> it was bad. Welcome to the extant list, Amy. You shall survive. <laughs> <laughs> and then that's basically the end of the film. They, uh, uh, Laura Lenny knows that in this wreck of a plane mm. they walked past earlier, there'd be a red and yellow box which would have a hot air balloon in it. Yeah, and she skypes her uh, fiance's father and who's, is like, "Who's the boss of Travelodge?" Yeah, he's like, "Did you get the diamond?" And he's, she's like, "Well, I told you, if I ever." Figured out that you cared more about the diamonds rather than my husband. I would be upset. Who was his son? Yes, exactly. He didn't give a shit. It was wild. The strangest part about that for me was at the start of the film. He goes to her. You have to go there to get the diamonds, and she goes, "I'm only going there to, to get to get your son back." And he goes, yeah, cool, the diamonds. And she goes, all right, but if I find out this is just about the diamonds, <laughs> yeah. and not about your son, he literally sent her to get the diamonds. Yeah, yeah. She, Why she? And then she's surprised at the end when all he says is, "Who cares about my son?" Basically, where's the diamond? I want the diamond. I want the freaking diamond. Give me my freaking diamond. And then she's like, "Okay, Schmingus, I know what you're up to this time." And then she just shoots the, <laughs> the satellite. Yeah, he's got a it's, satellite, so which, she uses the laser, the laser gun powered by the diamonds to shoot down his laser. We learn earlier in the film that that's his cash cow at the moment, but it's mm. only got three years left of making money for him before the yeah. technology fails. Or, or get superseded, and so she shoots it out of the sky. And before she says that, she says, this is for you, insert name of fiancé here. Yeah. Like, does, is that really what he wanted? And then Heard she said, sh- welcome to the extinction list <laughs> to the guy on the Skype call. <laughs> and then they're in the hot air balloon, and she asks uh, the primatologist to throw the only... Like, all the other diamonds have been mm. buried under the The liquid lava. hot magma. <laughs> yep. And she has one, which she could. She doesn't have to give to that the no. bad guy. Take sell it or give it. She's there with two her two friends, yeah. Montgomery and the primatologist. S- sell it and she goes throw this over the edge. 
And then Stan, uh, then um, Ernie Hudson's just like, well, that's got to hurt. He like says, like he goes, ouch, basically, when yeah, he throws it out. You just threw millions of dollars overboard that you could have given to me. Exactly. Instead, you've chosen to give it to the ocean or whatever. Exactly. What give now, it back to the primatologist to make a new Amy so he can fall in love with her again. <laughs> <laughs> now, can I give you my final IMDb uh, trivia section? Please fact. do. I'd you said to, before yeah. that the diamonds were real. Oh, is that you not s- true? No, th- no. that's also, I read that in this IMDb list. I probably were. But then underneath too. that, I don't know if you read a couple of facts down, it said that during that scene where they threw it out of the hot air balloon, it was legitimately lost. Which makes, oh, like, I'm, surely it's in a studio and it's in front of a green screen. Like, yeah. how have they lost sh- So they throw the diamond, apparently they couldn't give it back to the... Cartier or whoever. Yeah, that's insane because it's that can't. I mean, because that'd be worth millions. And they're not in like an actual parish, like a hot air balloon yeah, in the not, Congo. They're not over the Congo because then they'd need to get another hot air balloon to film the other one. <laughs> so they'd be. It's, there's no way they'd do that. Probably some production assistant like, yeah, can't find it on the <laughs> yeah, ground. Totally. It's, can't it's, find this $8 million diamond. It's not a, weirdly enough, it's not around. <laughs> I'm being underpaid, by the way, right? <laughs> aren't I? So. Yeah, so I, I can't tell you who that is. Uh, got a source, but it's. um. Part of the IMDb trivia page. I choose to believe it because mm. I love it. <laughs> it's that's incredible. I reckon that's true. I I love it as a fact. That's a hot fact to finish with. I hope it's true. We normally to Dave, you know this, but Alexi, you might not. Uh-huh. Um, I know you've probably listened to every episode. I've listened to every episode, but I turn I'll it off at a point. <laughs> but for the for yeah, as soon as the fi- the film bit stops, <laughs> yeah. the film critic also stops. Yeah. We. <laughs> so we we try to like instead of giving the film a ranking, we try to um uh. See how much of ourselves we see in the main primate character, oh, okay. right? Yes. So chimpanzees share ninety eight percent DNA with humans, apparently. <laughs> As a percentage, how much of yourself, Alexi, did you see in in? Oh, what's her name? Okay. Amy. 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 Good. 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 She says that many times. Yeah. So G O D. Good. <laughs> How, how much is oh, that? Oh, that's gone, unfortunately. <laughs> I just realised. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was uh, just highlighting the fact that she actually doesn't have the greatest command of the English language. How much would I see, percentage-wise would mm. I see it, Amy? Yeah, so like, and what, what, do, what, and why? What, you know, what gives this 10% here? And Well, I would say that me and Amy, we do have quite a bit in common. We're both sweetie pies and we both love the English language. Yeah. Of course. And we talk with our hands. I'm a passionate Mediterranean man, so often <laughs> I talk with my hands as well. So I can see quite a bit of myself in her. I would say up to, dare I say, 69%. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's quite a match. That is good. That is a good ratio. Yeah. I think so, because there's other stuff that I... Um, yeah, I'm what, not, what, I don't the... see uh, me and... I'm not as courageous as Amy. I could never stand up to a gang of disgusting apes and call them ugly. I would never be <laughs> yeah, able to sing that bad. You'd never sing that song. The closest I could do, maybe I'm working the red carpet Joan River style, and I <laughs> say that people are ugly on the red carpet. That's probably the closest I could do, but... <laughs> If I'm confronted by them, I would say you are all beautiful and please leave my friends alone. <laughs> that is nice. 69, what about you, Dave? Uh, I'm going to give it a 50%. 50, yeah. Based purely on the fact that I also like martinis. Oh, oh yeah. That everything equals else 50% is, for you. Everything else is. I, I mean, that's, that, surely that was 50% of our character <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's true. That tells you all you need to know about it. Or I, half you need to know. <laughs> I too love raindrop juice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, yummy, yummy. <laughs> And yourself? Uh, I think I'm probably somewhere between the two of you. Probably, you know, like, um, like you know, 50, 58, mm. 59%. I'll, I have a backpack. 
um, that yes. I wear often. Yeah. Um, I too wear a backpack. Maybe I have to go up to <laughs> 69.69%. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. I No, I, I think... Look, I think she is a beautiful soul and I'd mm. like to think that about myself. Yeah. I uh, can guarantee you, you actually... I see people's auras and souls and yours is one of the most heavenly creatures on the planet. <laughs> well, thank you so much. <laughs> that is really nice. Uh, and as a movie, would you say um, splat or no splat? This is a definite splat. This <laughs> is uh, this is really bad. This is... I've had to endure many shitty movies for podcasts. This would be definitely the top three or 4% of shitty wow. movies I've had to see for podcasts. Whoa. For sure. Worse, this is up there with like Suicide Squad, I'd say. Right. That's one of the worst movies I've had to see on a podcast or review for a podcast. And that's famously bad. Famously. It's one of the most horrendous movies. <laughs> Uh, we also at the end of at the end of the show we have a segment uh, which is called something like primate sporting mascot segment. Yeah, and I go through um, <laughs> the world, the beautiful world of, of sporting mascots, mm-hmm. and find my favourite and also the only primate primate sporting mascots I can find. Really, because it turns <laughs> out there's not that many of them, and I'm running out very fast. So if any <laughs> listeners know of any, please. Um, Message in. Do you have a favourite sporting mascot? You, you're a um, big sports man. N- I've never seen a full episode of sports in my life, um, <laughs> so I'm not. I'm not quite sure. Not even season one. Not even season one of any sports. I missed out. Oh, there's this one in Japan. It's a baseball mascot. I can't tell you the name of it, but it is. Oh, please. Basically, <laughs> I'm sworn to secrecy. It's a. Um, it's like. The bones of a fish okay. inside, um, you know, that's just like, it looks like a man inside a, a bone suit. Okay. And then over the top, they put on a, a big round fish costume that they, they run around and hold up. Like you were, you were wearing like a fake cardboard car or uh-huh. something. And then they, they run around in that. Oh and then they, my God, I was imagining a cartoon and couldn't follow what was going on. Uh, no, now I understand. Real. They run around on the field and then they, <laughs> yeah. they squat down inside the, the fish. So it's just the fish with its mouth gaping open. Mm. And then they just dive out. So the bones are being th- flung out of it. Whoa. It is hilarious looking. That is beautiful and insane. Oh, probably from the twisted mind of Stan Winston himself. <laughs> oh, no, I think I found it. I was going to say Bing did not help me out. But is it this? Yes, that's it. That is wow. pretty amazing. That is it. The mysterious fish mascot. What does it say? It looks like a baseball, the fish. Yeah. So it's a baseball shape. So it's a baseball team. But it looks like a deep, one of the deep... Deep sea sort of glow in the dark type fish. Oh, because it's got that. It's what got are those? That, like sort of like a pop up lamp thing. Mm, over yeah, yeah, head. yeah. What are those babies called? So it's good fun. So they they can see a, a photo. Uh, the Chiba Lotte Marines in Japan. So that's the like the bones wow. of it, and it sort of spews out of this. It runs around the bone the bone suit, and then it jumps back into the fish, and then keeps running. It's very funny to this watch. This is one of the best things I've ever seen, and I just watched Congo. <laughs> <laughs> Top three or four. I, yeah, you've really. I think you've beaten my uh, primate one. That is an amazing one. Yeah, so there's like a still of it jumping out. Wow. So you can share the video of it, Matt. Cause I will it's really do that. Fun. Dave, that's and amazing. There was, there was a video uh, that went around a couple of months oh ago. Oh my gosh. Uh, of it at the airport waiting for like the the person in the bone suit waiting for the the fish costume at the uh, luggage return at at an airport this is amazing this is one of my new favourite things it's really fun (laughs) that is great I've never heard of that the Chiba Lot mascot there you go maybe I should give sports a chance (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) this is what sports is all about (laughs) 
Other uh, primate sporting mascot I was going to talk about this week is the A Leagues. You familiar with the A League, Alexia? Um, the Hyundai A League <laughs> is the local rag uh, of uh, of sports and soccer, I believe. It's the soccer, yeah. It's the Australian Soccer League. Yeah, Sydney FC. I'll I'll vote for them. Yeah, their mascots are blue and sky. Two blue humanoids. Oh, that's oh. very dull. Okay, that's <laughs> so awesome. dull. They needed two. <laughs> it's yeah. a, it was a real committee. Decision that one, I reckon. They could only afford two members of the Blue Man Group. They couldn't <laughs> get the third. <laughs> uh, but the the one we're talking about today is P- Perth Glory's mascot, George Glory. Glory, Glory, Perth, Australia. I've actually seen one Glory game. I was allowed to go. You Your watched. story is yeah. unraveling. Yeah, I'm like, you watched the full episode of Glory. But it was live, so it was a play. Right. It was like a play for me. All oh, right. Yeah, you're like, oh, the third act is going to be great. <laughs> In 2015, the Daily Telegraph ranked all the A-League's mascots and rated George number one. Okay. Beating even Blue and Sky. No. Blue sky and Blue. Sky. Do you reckon they were separate on the list? So Sky's at two and... Blue's at five, and yeah. Blue's like, what the hell? What the <laughs> hell? You've ruined it for me. <laughs> You've ruined it. This is what they said. Um, and, uh, you know, I think once you hear this, you'll be on board as well. <laughs> it's a purple gorilla as the mascot for Perth Glory. What's not to love? Yeah, that's number one, baby. <laughs> yeah. That's how you get to number one. Yeah, I mean, how bad are the other ones? Do you have a picky of it? Can we have a sneaky? Uh, you can have a sneaky peek. Uh, it says, George has built up a bit of a cult following at NIB Stadium, and it's not hard to see why. He's a purple gorilla, after all. <laughs> I mean, that's that's cult. He's like a freaking Hanna-Barbera character, the purple yes. gorilla. Megilla Gorilla. That was the name of it, was it? Yeah. <laughs> Megilla Gorilla. He was good fun. McGilliger. McGilliger. Oh, hang on. There's other gorillas called George. I've got to be more specific. Oh, come on. All Perth right. Glory. Perth if he doesn't, Glory Gorilla. If he doesn't even get the number one Google image spot. Oh, sorry. Sorry, Bing. Bing image spot, yes. Is that him He's take, doing a piss. He's doing a piss on, above a fountain? That's fun. All right, that's, that's awesome. Was, actually, that is the photo they said, and they said, look at this photo, it's hard. hard uh, so he's sitting, is straddling a sprinkler and making it look like he's pissing. Doing a thumbs up. What a ledge. Well, do you want to know a little bit about the man behind the suit? No. Prefer <laughs> <laughs> to be a mystery, please. Um, he's a man, well. <laughs> okay, block I'll your, allow bl- No, block your bloody ears. Okay. I thought this is the theatre, this is an actor. Oh, this is okay, the guy sure. that you... I'll give the guy respect. Yeah. Person, I think theatre's trash movies rule. <laughs> this man treads the boards. But, you know, it's, it's shown on Fox Sports sometimes. So <laughs> what, what is that if not a movie at uh, 24 uh, frames a second? Uh, so the man's name is Simon Lumbus, and he's a 44-year-old father of three. He told the Age newspaper last year that he has no plans to hang up the suit just yet. I used to do gymnastics a while ago, and I was in great nick, and backflips were easy, he laughed. Funny <laughs> joke. <laughs> used to be? Right now, it's getting a bit harder. Gravity is not my friend, and the suit gets a bit tighter every year. Oh, my goodness. He's putting on weight. <laughs> oh, no, no. oh, my goodness. It's, he's, he's putting it through the wash on a very high heat setting. But Pull it, it down, George. As well as playing George, Lumbus also dons the Perth Wildcats mascot Wilbur's suit in the NBL, this isn't National Basketball League, as mm. well as playing Rick the Rock Eagle for the West Coast Eagles and Johnny the Doc Docker. For the Fremantle Dockers, who were arch-rivals in the oh, AFL. So, Probably shit. the archest of rivals. He has locked down the West Coast. Yeah. yeah so that was the NBL team from Perth? Perth Wildcats, yeah. He's, am- he's done all four. Yeah. The big four. My gosh. This is if someone got to play Dracula, Wolfman and Frankenstein's <laughs> monster. <laughs> all in Perth. <laughs> <laughs> Have you been to Perth? It's, it's, it's the only place I've ever seen multiple people wearing NBL singlets. 
Wow. Like, like they, they all go to the games and they're all wearing... They're decked wild, out. They're wild, Wildcats are big. I think they're my team. Really? <laughs> I think so. Uh, in a radio interview with 6PR, he said that he keeps it pretty quiet that he plays both the Docker and the Eagles mascot. Yes. Because oh. we are exposing this. <laughs> you've, added, you've doxed this freaking guy, dude. You've he, doxed him. He said when people find out he's hated, they don't like him at all. Wow. But I also did say he told this on radio. Yeah. He said on radio he's, he keeps it quiet. He's got three kids to worry about, man, and you've just shocked the country <laughs> with oh, it all. No. So the question is, what happens when the two Perth teams play each other? Well, he, he did address that. He uh, he was with the Eagles first, so he, he does Eagles. So there's a docker for one day a year, which is or two two matches wow. a year. Wow. So why not just get that? Anyway. Get a new docker. Sorry, yeah. mate. So you watch Sorry, it, but, but you also might be like, won't they just look the same? You go to a Fremantle game, you go, hey, yeah. this looks like all the same. Well, no, because he takes a different approach. That's awesome. He says, the, do- the Docker's mascot is tough, fit, strong, while Rick is more of a rock star who's just incredibly cool. Oh, oh yeah. gosh. Hell yeah. <laughs> That's my kind of uh, mascot. He's actually my favorite actor. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's pretty good. Yeah. He plays four roles weekly. Four <laughs> iconic roles <laughs> week to week. It's pretty amazing. Uh, that that pretty much brings us to the end of the episode. I could talk to you forever, Alexi. And uh, I'd, I'd love for people to hear uh, your great show, Mic Check, but also Total Reboot. Boot. Total Reboot. Oh, my head was... Ab- yeah. I was about to say Total Reboot. I'm like, no, that's the movie that yeah. they're spoofing. What's the actual one? Yeah. No, that is. That's It's already that's overtaken spoof. Total Recall. That's a freaking spoof. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it's uh, Total Reboot. It's me and comedian Cameron James. We we explore cinema and talk about reboots, remakes, and rip-offs in cinema. Uh, and you got to trust Cameron because he had the Congo poster on his wall growing up. <laughs> exactly. He's got sublime taste in his movies. <laughs> the man knows films. He knows it all and he loves it all. Have you, have you done any primate-related... I'm trying to think. We have done uh, t- the Tomb Raider franchise and the Jumanji franchise. Oh, so they, uh, we've done a lot of movies set in the jungle, basically. We also did Jurassic Park, so many jungle movies. Haven't you, you call your listeners Jungle Babies, there? Yes, because I accidentally said it once. <laughs> I went to say, Welcome to the Jungle Baby, but I said, Welcome to the Jungle Babies. <laughs> and I, now it's stuck, and that's what we call our listeners. The Jungle, jungle babies. babies. I love that. Yeah. I love that a lot. As opposed to Dave loves on Mike Check, how you call them the Mike Check Republic. Oh, Mike Check that. Republic and Horny Babies are the. <laughs> Are the citizens of the Mike Check Republic? Oh, I'm definitely a citizen. Yeah, baby, you're horny. So oh, swing, swing. <laughs> so people can find you there. Uh, what about online? Do you have a Twitter? You yes, I'm on Twitter. At this is Alexi, and I'm also on Instagram at the same handle. This is Alexi. I'll link all this in the show notes. Dave, where can people find you? Oh, you can uh, find me weekly talking with Mr. Matt Stewart on our uh, Do Go On podcast with Jess Perkins, where we talk about a topic from history, might be a person, a place, or a thing. And uh, one of us does a report, the other two try and uh, stop them from doing that report. (laughs) (laughs) One of my favorite podcasts, I must say. I absolutely adore you guys. You've taught me many a thing or two about the entire world of history. (laughs) Oh, I am horny, baby. (laughs) And do do you want to sizzle your new show? This this won't be coming out for a couple of weeks. It's not coming out for a little while. So it's coming out soon. I'm going to do a little bit of a a Dugo on (gasps) spinoff, which is forcing me to read more. I'm doing a a show called Book Cheat. Oh, cool. Read a classic book or a play. No, it's not a movie. I'm so sorry. It's okay. Books are my least favorite form of media. Oh, so great. You I'm could gonna be a be, great guest. I am so interested already. So basically, uh, and I'll tell you all about, you know, your Charles Dickens, your uh, Jane Austens, your 
Bronte sisters stuff that you'd love to say you've, you've, you've read, but who's got the time? Well, I've made the time. I've, I've read the book, and I'm going to tell uh, two special guests about one uh, every episode, and uh, by the end of it, both you and they will be able to pretend you've read it. This is a perfect idea. I'm so involved. I can't wait to hear it. Oh, thank you very much. Such so, uh, a good idea. I've been uh, banking a couple of episodes, so it may not be out by the time this is out, but it is coming very soon in 2018. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. It's going to... A debut at the Sundance Film Festival. Oh my goodness! <laughs> Sundance, the Sundance Kids. Oh, yeah. oh, you got a ticket to the dance. Oh yeah. <laughs> we um we we should uh, get going, but uh, Alexi, I know I've I've been um pushing the pressure on a guest because I don't have a sign off or anything uh-huh. yet. And if you got a maybe, if you could just riff a primate related sign off to go out on. No pressure on it being amazing, okay. but I'm sure you can make it the best that we've ever had. Um, but thank you so much for joining us, Dave. Thank you, guys. Goodbye. And uh, thank you so much for joining us, Lexi. And as we always say here at Primates Podcast... Well, it's time for this ape to make its escape. <laughs> so good. <laughs> Surely that's the best one <laughs> so far. <laughs> This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Mr. Homoka. Stop eating my sesame cake. Stop eating my sesame cake! Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.